Alright, here we are. Podcast starting in three, two, one. Welcome back, welcome back. Last podcast of the year. Uh here's to a good twenty twenty, I guess. Or I guess we're ending twenty nineteen on the best note we can do it. We're both sports fans, so we're doing our top ten sports moments of the decade. So this does not necessarily have to be social. It can just be sports. Mine's is mostly just sports. Yeah, mine's mostly sports. Or mine is all sports. Mine are just more personally of what I remember. Some are mad personal for me. Yeah. It's just not like, oh, you know, this was a great moment in sports. It's more of what what did I think? Yeah, it impacted me. Yeah. All right. So my number 10 is Mike Trout's extension. That has to be the most insane thing ever for me. I don't remember. Why? Because you thought he was going to the White Sox? No. It was, <laughs> <laughs> it was just. The Rick Hans spin that he was going to go to the White Sox. Yeah, he probably did. It, right. But his, his sister didn't like Chicago. Right. She had bad pizza once. They were going to give him $50 million at age 40 if he had 772 advance. <laughs> no, Mike Trout's home, like his, his contract is clearly the major league record. And him coming onto the scene. Went in 2012 when he did, and clearly always finishes in the MVP vote, whether he's hurt or not last month of the season, which clearly seems to be a problem. It's an insane contract that we thought people like Bryce Harper would get. We thought people like Manny Machado would get, but he just turned out to be the best one of them all, and his contract is just out of this world. It is. I mean, it's well-deserved. We've talked oh, about this before. Well-deserved, yeah. Dude doesn't put himself out there politically. He doesn't put himself out there one way or the other. He just goes about his business. He's quiet. I think he's great for the game. I just wish he wasn't an angel. You know, I wish he was in the East Coast. I wish he was signed with the Yankees. Red East Coast, Sox. East Coast, Midwest. I think helps him a ton. But you for want sure, a big because, market. Well, you we're not market. We're not staying up on Wednesday night baseball at nine o'clock, nine o five. No, game starts at nine thirty. That's insane. Angels, Mariners. So yeah. that's what hurts him. I agree. I don't think it's his personality, which Major League Baseball wanted him to go out and talk more. And, talk and it's not more, him. Tweet. Yeah, it's just not him. No, dude's himself. He's just. Just wants the ball. Yeah, he's just not a Dodger. He's an angel. Yeah, so if he was a Dodger, there, he'd be a little more worth the Pay attention. Yeah, and again, contract was twelve years, four hundred thirty million. It is the highest contract ever in MLB history, because you have guys like uh, Bryce Harper who did thirteen love, years, three hundred thirty million. And I love that Anthony Rendon, another dude. Yeah, straight down the middle, loves bourbon, loves God, just wants baseball. Play, yeah, just, just wants, wants to play, play baseball and chill. Yeah, like it. I love it. it. Great team to watch, which they were in the Midwest or East Coast, so to watch them. Yeah, I agree, and that's I'll the only that's the only that's the only knock that. on Trout. Right. I am also going to stick with baseball. Mine is number ten is the Cardinals Rangers game six, two thousand eleven. So the Cards were down. They raced two two run deficits in the ninth. Is this the, the tenth inning. This freeze is game? Yeah, they yeah. freeze game. I mean, I remember we're in apartment. Me and, uh, me and my buddy Lomo were in the apartments in Woodridge, watching it. And I just, to this date, as far as I thought, game two, well for me, game two of the two thousand five World Series is my favorite beset. They call yeah, and the Pinnacle Grand Slam. But outside of personal, the best game I've ever watched uh, in the World Series, Game Six. David Freeze comes up, hits a two-run double. Um, I believe it was that year's MVP, Josh Hamilton, in 2011. Yeah. Uh, just guy was the best player in baseball at the time. Um, hits a two-run homer, and then the Cardinals come straight back. And uh, Freeze hits one dead center, no doubter. And the cool thing is I know a lot of people bash on Joe Buck. But he kind of hit that was a great his, call. It was a great call. He that pulled his call. dad, and yeah. the crowd was going nuts. And he goes, "And we'll see you tomorrow night." Yeah. And then off to Game Seven, kind of gave you chills a little bit. And it was just a back and forth great game. A lot of people don't remember Rangers win the World Series in that game. Doesn't? Oh, I heard they clinch it. They finally get and it. And Game Seven, the Cardinals go on and win. Yep. The World Series probably a less you know a less um, well they weren't favored. No, the more athletic, the more 
the better team on paper for sure was the Rangers. Oh, 100%. They had by far the best player. They on had the Josh field. Hamilton. Yeah. They had uh, yeah, Filder at the time, too. Oh, yeah. They were loaded. Filder was crushing yeah. balls. Absolutely loaded. Beltre. Uh, well, Pujols obviously was on that team. That's before he went to the Angels. Yeah. But just overall, great game. Um, still the best game I've seen definitely in this decade as far as baseball and just the um, the circumstances. I agree. Um, like we can do like a number. Not, no, we're not going to do that. All right. So my number nine, my number nine is the second dynasty ever in hockey. Blackhawks. Yeah. Blackhawks won. Stanley Cup in 2010, 2013, 2015. That's that's huge. Yeah, for that, sure. That's man. huge. The only other dynasty that has won three championships in six years were Red Wings. Right. So that's that's a huge thing to do. Um, hats off to the Blackhawks. I it got everybody back into hockey. I feel. Like. I think Blackhawks put hockey back on the map. Yeah, because like I, like people cared about Sidney Crosby because he was just interesting. But he's in Pittsburgh. Yeah. But at the same Not time, the same like, market. people people Not just gravitated 16. towards yeah. the Blackhawks, and now people still watch hockey solely because sure. that black those Blackhawks teams were just so much fun yep. that it's it's hard not to give them credit for, sure. for mean, having the, such a dominant the, decade. Uh, the national anthem, standing up, cheering, still gives you chills. Yeah, I mean they were the first team to do it, um, and they just had awesome players. I mean. You know, everybody wants to talk about Jonathan Taze, but Patrick Kane is still to this day badass. Yeah, must watch. Dude's Dude. there and I'm watching him. He's a yeah, badass. Yeah, for sure. Probably the best American born player of all time. They, very, I mean, very no, no offense to Mike Padano, but no, uh, it's that's Patrick that's Kane, a lot you can talk about there. Um I'm still sticking with baseball and it's just a personal thing because um I'm gonna go with the Roy Halliday postseason no hitter. Uh, divisional series versus the Reds. Reason being, I Dude, used I watched to, that um, whole game. Uh, when I lived back in the West Burbs, I used to go in with a guy and we would go back and forth and split our account with this bookie. And he wanted to take Roy Halladay, but I had the veto power at that time. You know, you only can make a certain amount of picks a week. Yeah. And he had made over made too many picks. And I was like, no way, man. Roy Halladay is terrible in the playoffs. We take anything, we're gonna take the over. <laughs> no That's joke. a ballsy move. Yeah. So I had gone to work all day, didn't really know what was going on. Went to the gym, did a half-ass workout, come back, and I'm walking into a Buffalo Wild Wings in the Woodridge, and there his big ass is. And he's just like, You gotta be kidding me, man. This would have been the easiest couple hundred dollars we ever win. And I look up, and they're all jumping on the mountain. What hell? <laughs> Dude, that's such a – you know what? And there I am, and I was just – I'll never forget that day. I mean, especially when he died, like, Fusion, I was like, first thing I thought of, my dumb, dumb ass literally did not bet that guy versus the Reds. And you know what's the worst part? The this is what I think is the worst part, is because – so in baseball, the biggest saying is he's due. One of the biggest things. So one – Gambling. Not they're o- due. Yeah, so sure. not yeah. only was he due for a great outing, but that year, he also threw a no-hitter no earlier in the year. Right. And who was his starting pitchers around him? Oh, Cliff Lee. Uh, and uh, Cole Hamels. Roy, was Roy Oswald on that team? Yeah. I forget. You, yeah. No, it, that was it. It was yeah. literally oh, Cliff Lee, six um, Roy Holiday, um, Roy Oswald, yeah. and Cole Hamels. Oh, they so, had a great team. So with that being said. Chase Utley, I think, was right up in the MVP. Yeah. And you saw Jimmy Rollins. Yeah. Uh, Howard. MVP. Yeah. yeah. So, but my thing of why he was due is because it's so hard to go face a great pitcher who's a righty and then be like, oh, let me come back. Sorry, it's a, it's hard to face a great pitcher as a lefty like Cliff Lee, and then you go right back next and you face a righty who's insanely right. commanded like him. Right. So, in, in my eyes, he's due. I whiffed big time. Yeah. And I deserve really so, and I still hear about it. Yeah. All right. It hurts nobody. All right. Uh, mine is... My number eight, clearly I'm sticking with dynasties, back to baseball, Giants. Giants won 2010, 2012, 2014. Yeah, it's a bum guard. Oh, 100%. I think of, Mad yeah. bum. Um, Pablo Sandoval. Um, Edgar Renteria. Yeah, the Panda Bear, right? Yeah. Yeah, Edgar Renteria. You had yeah, uh, clutch hit. Second, second time he ever literally had two clutch hits in two World Series. Yep. 
So, yep. um, yeah, you still have Buster Posey. Um, sure, man. 2010, they had Linscombe. Linscombe, yeah. They, they just had an insane team. Hunter Pence, of course. Linson coming to this day. I mean, I can see why he wore it down, but man, he was electric. He was. I mean, when him and Kershaw came up together, Linson was more electric than Kershaw. Oh, 100 percent. I mean, he just had filthy stuff. Body movement, yeah, like everything. Watching yeah, no, him pitch, different arm angles. Yeah, like, he was insane. Though. And he really had a fuck you attitude. Yep. And that's what I love for pitchers anyway is a, a big fuck well, you. Well, Bumgarner has that. He proved that oh, versus yeah. the Royals in the series. Agree. Um, probably still probably the best pitching performance in the history of baseball. To me, he's one of the best postseason yeah. pitchers of all time. They're probably the best. Yeah. Like, it, it's hard to argue those numbers. Uh, I think it was, wasn't it his dad? The, I believe it was his dad was text messaging him. He went back after that game. I believe it was game six or seven after he came back again yeah. and pitched relief. And his dad was text messaging saying, hey, I'm just – I can't believe how amazed I am of you and what you're doing right now, dude. So, I would love like that, that. That gives you chills, dude. Man. It does. He went back to after he just put on like the best pitching performance yeah. ever in the World Series, and now everybody thinks that they can bring their starters and a game out nah, and think they can pitch. Dude, hey, and Kershaw, and Kershaw yeah. just gave up two back-to-back yeah. bombs in the right. World Series. I thought Roy Halladay was Clayton Kershaw. This dude sucks. Yeah. The postseason <laughs> All right, now my number eight is. And it's just a moment. It's the Odell Beckham Jr. catch versus the Cowboys when he did the one hand near the goalpost. I just, for some reason, I can still never get that out of my head. I still think that's. I don't think who can. That's the greatest catch I've ever seen. It is. I was at Easy Street. Same. Troushan, the smartest man in the room, and I were playing. Smartest man in the room. Golden Tee. And it was his turn. I just looked up. We weren't paying attention. I'm a Cowboys fan, but it was just Sunday night, long day. And I just looked up and I was like, wow, I don't know if I'm really full right now or if I just saw what I saw. <laughs> I got too much gold team in me. So it kept on playing. And I'm like, that's got to be the greatest sketch I've ever seen. And like, I felt like time just stopped. Like, you couldn't show that play enough. No, every time they showed it, I was not mad like, about it. I was it. just like, how did he even turn his body, let alone how did the ball stick to his hand? Well, while being – so he – While being interfered. Yeah, he had yeah. an interference call against him, somehow kept his body in bounds and landed the, his when ass. When he caught it, was behind Oh, his yeah, head. his arm was way back there. And, the, you know, I watched it today. Like, the ball – with you going backwards, like, that ball never hit the ground. Like, it just no. stuck to his hand. And just – he just brought it back like in. His, Top of his back, and it just came back. Yeah, it it is one of the wildest things I think I've ever. Oh, seen. it was a crazy catch. wildest thing. And that's I've ever when I, you know, the more and more he does it, I'm just like, man, they gotta check those gloves. <laughs> oh, dude, what's that? Those gloves. You see man? Peyton Manning's uh stickum um interview because he's uh, been doing those Peyton places uh things. Right. They, they show about stickum how how people can like set a football on their arm because like they so unlike baseball where they limit how much you can use. For football, they don't. So literally, Peyton Manning showed like if he put stick him on his arm, it'll literally the football will sit there and it won't move. Yeah, I mean that was insane, man. That was yeah. I, still, I remember, to this day I can't think of a better catch. I don't care if oh, circumstances. No, no, no. I'm, I'm not just saying care. like the time stopped. It's insane. Everybody in the place stopped, and if you showed it twenty times, you stood there and watched it twenty times. Yeah, because it's, how it's did insane. that just happen? I agree. Like, that is one of the craziest catches I've ever seen in my life. All right. What are we, seven? Yep. Yeah, seven. <sighs> the decision. Oh, that was that was, that was was on my uh, uh, honorable mention. Yeah, yeah. so the decision, I, I like, I'm okay with Did it. Did you think he was going to the Bulls? No. I felt like I thought that was his best so, fit. So, oh, I did too. But I felt D Wave would have already came out, and said he was coming home, and made a bigger deal out of the decision before LeBron did. Gotcha. So that's why I knew he was never coming to the Bulls. Did I think it was going to be somebody besides Miami? A hundred percent. But it being Miami, it just made it worse. Yeah, I, like, I I'm not a fan of the decision, it. but like now, I guess more I understand it now more. 
but I was not a fan at the time. Of it. I think I was more annoyed with the people. Oh, he raised so much money for the boys and girls club. I'm like, yeah, that's. Sh- I'm sure that's what you were thinking of. Yeah. When you're like, why the hell are you going to Miami? Yeah, exactly. It was and like, why no, are you okay. sitting down with that jerk off, freaking Jim Gray on top of it? Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, you do this. Nobody was fucking... thinking that. You were thinking, I dislike Jim Gray so much. I dislike you more for going to Miami. Yeah. And then you sit down. Nobody was with, thinking boys and girls club stuff. Easter Sunday button up. Right. Talking talking about I want to take my town yeah. to South Beach. I hated it at the time. Like now again, I, I, I definitely understand it because okay, yeah. we've seen what Daniel Gabriel Daniel Gibber can do to Cleveland. He can dismantle it in a second and he does not help. So I understood it, but at the same time it was like uh, but it left such a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, I mean I think it was so built up and that I remember Couple of buddies of mine saying, "Hey, let's just let's just go in and split Bulls tickets." Like, why would he not go to the Bulls? D Rose was coming. D off. Rose was there. Lou all day, dude. Uh, Wade was already talking Noah to was them. Like the perfect role player. Yeah, just get rebounds. Let me play defense, dude. They had a great coach in Tom Thibodeau. Made I sense. thought it, I thought it was all lining up and just. Nothing. I would respect him if he went to the Knicks. Be like, hey, um, starting to be in talks with Jordan. Big market. Big market, the Mecca of basketball, which it's not anymore. That's another discussion, but it's not. Yeah, it's not at all. But, like, hey, I'm going to take it on. Yeah. And he went to, like, the smallest market where people just do not give a crap about sports. But at the same time, Unless it's the Miami Hurricanes and college football, they just do not care. Did you hear what happened, though, as soon as he, like, like said he – like, as soon as the decision happened, what happened the next week? Miami fired their entire sales staff. Oh, really? Fired their entire sales staff because they knew they were going to sell out. Right. And that's exactly, that's exactly what they did. But I think that's insane when you hear it. It's like, oh, LeBron's coming to town. Fire the whole fucking sales staff. We don't even need a sales Way staff go, anymore. LeBron, yep. Yeah. And so. It's always damaging. <laughs> but yeah, it was just a wild moment for me. Whether I agree with it or not, it's still just wild for me. So my number seven, I'm going to head to golf. Phil Mickelson's Open Championship in 2013. Well, um, we both got some golf on here. Yeah, oh yeah, I got a couple golf ones. They, um, so it, I feel like leading up to the whole thing, like you were either a Phil guy, you're a Tiger guy, 100 percent for the most part. Um, but every, I felt like everybody was still somewhat of a Tiger guy before, like all these young guys and big hitters came up. Like it was just Phil Tiger, and then maybe a little David Duvall would pop in there. Yeah, and like you know, Marco Miro. But when you were watching Phil, you never thought he would win the Open Championship, which is my favorite championship to watch. Like, hey, let's get up at four in the morning. But it's also a lefties course. No, it's not. It, I mean, no, it's, sorry, the Masters is the lefties. <laughs> Masters, course. that's my bad. Okay, which yeah. he's already, which you already won yeah. twice. He won the PGA, but well, actually, you know, he won it three times. He won the Masters three times yeah. in the PGA, and you always thought, well, he's finished the U.S. Open five times in second. Open Championship is the one that's going to hold him back from getting the Grand Slam. Yeah. So he came back. Lee Westwood was dominating, and I was actually coming back from Pennsylvania. Uh, we had a rental car with my family. Uh, for a family uh, reunion, and we coming back, and I get it. A lot of people, nothing more boring, nap time, watch golf. But we actually listened to that crap on the radio on Sirius XM. Dude, when it's Phil or Tiger, it's worth it. It was, man. It was just worth it. Like, when he hit the three-wood on 17, he's like, run, baby, run. Yeah. And then, you know, it made birdie, and he drilled the birdie putt in 18. Like, you just knew he won, and it was... It was just a time that you remember because you never thought he was going to win. I still think the Open Championship is the best championship in golf. Um, it's just different. And uh, I guess I was just, you know, I was more of a Phil fan than a Tiger fan. I'm like, all right, well, this guy's going to do it. He's finally going to. More of a Phil fan than a Tiger Well, this is only like a year or two removed from what Tiger got the five iron through his. SUV from his wife. And, fucking bitches and get money. Right, no, I'm saying ah, ah, getting, my boy. His back was breaking down. <clears throat> so it was like this guy's gonna take over. I love watching golf. And maybe he's just finally coming to his own at age 40. Yeah. Because I always felt like Phil was more talented than Tiger. Just mentally, he never had like what you would talk about that F U attitude. Yeah. No, he, he never did. Like, hey, he, I gotta I love- smoke. I gotta smoke an hot wife. I love my I love my uh, home in Phil? San Diego. 
I got cash. It's money. Right. He likes to I bet. when I want. He, that's, he I was think, just a cool, laid-back dude. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I get See, that. I think the purses didn't matter to him. So I think the he wanted to take really the money out of that. your pocket. Sure. And I think that's why Phil never like had that fuck right. you attitude. You love because the stories about he'd him. rather just take your money instead of taking... But you always thought, man, this guy should have double-digit majors. I don't oh, 100%. Think it, but but anyways, it was a little bad luck on, bad, on some stretches sure. there. Oh, well, six runner-ups is a lot. Yeah, exactly. So a little, a little bad luck also comes from that, too. All right, so six? Yeah. My six. Patriots Falcons Super Bowl. Yeah, that's how I list it. It's hard not to talk about. It's the biggest comeback in Super Bowl history. Biggest choke job. It is hands down the biggest choke job in NFL sure. history. And if you if you want to put the cherry on top of it, how how do you ruin that game if you're the Falcons? You finally had a decent defense, right? And then you have Julio Jones. You have an MVP in Matt Ryan. And you have a decent run game with Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman. How do you – you have Mohamed Sanu on the left-hand side who just signed his contract about two years ago, who is – people were considering a number one. How do you fuck it up? 28-3. to three. Well, I always feel like the Patriots win Super Bowls when you're like, eh, they shouldn't win the Super Bowl. Like the Rams, ready to show on turf. Like, yeah. no way they're going to beat the Rams, right? Twice. Eli Manning, the Giants, like, oh, Randy Moss, Tom Brady, like, this is the greatest team ever. They're yeah, gonna, undefeated, gonna, yeah. 50 touchdowns. Third season. Crush them. Lose. Yeah. Falcons, like, Mohamed Sanu, Julio Jones, Matt Ryan was in his prime, Devonta Freeman was in his prime. Blitzing defense, crazy. Like, yeah. Man, they're not going to win. I, I really, I don't so understand. So this year they're probably going to win the Super Bowl, is what I'm saying, because nobody thinks they're good. It's just so tough because like you go into halftime up twenty one three, then you come out well, of halftime twenty eight to three. The no, no, no. In the mid third quarter, yeah, mid three. mid third. So they come out of halftime. They literally so they punt. They give New England the ball. <laughs> New England gets negative two yards on the next drive and punt it again, and they come down and score a touchdown. And from there, it is just trouble. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Seahawks. Run the ball yeah, the I mean, it's just—I it, don't get why you come. Where's it? Where's the bad decision making come? But my thing is this: you had the highest powered offense in the league. We all knew that, and you put up twenty-eight, so twenty-one in the first half. You put up another seven midway through the third, and you don't score again. And they come back twenty-eight to three, and win in overtime. Right. It, it's the most—I can't get it out of my head ever. Whenever I think of comebacks in football, because it used to be the Vic, uh, the Vic Giants comeback. Yep. That used to be stuck in my head forever. But now every time I think of football comebacks, it immediately goes. Well, through. I also think of what was the Oilers Bills. Ever warm? Yeah. Up 35 to 3. I think of those too. So, like, that, it's just fucking insane to think that they just blew that. But that is my number six. All right. My number six is Mavs Heat 2011 finals. Kind of the same with your decision. Like, he teamed up. To Big win. time. Yeah, we're going to win. Not five, not six, not seven, not mm-hmm. eight. Right, with their little, you know. Only gave ass. him three out of four. Yeah, with their little lame-ass, you know, pep rally. Nice little pep <laughs> rally that they had before the season. I'm a huge Dirk Nowitzki fan. I think he's the top Love Dirk. player of all time. Didn't get his respect because he kind of blew it versus the Heat. Yeah. I think back in like 2007 when that they be... traded for Shaq. Shaq, Dwayne Wade's rookie year. 26. 206. 26. Right, okay. Because right, 06 yeah. is when they won, yeah. Well, whatever. Mavs had a yeah. phenomenal team, and then people kind of wrote them off. Yep. And then he got an older Jason Kidd. And not the reason that I love that. It was the fact that LeBron averages like 17 points, doesn't want to taste last-second shots. Dirk's draining threes in his face in game two when they should have been up 2-0. And it was just like that. Enough with the Jordan comparisons. Yeah. Like that should have ended it right there. Jordan went to six NBA championships, won all six. Yeah. Never averaged less than twenty-eight points a game. You never saw Jordan ever struggle really. Yep. Maybe the Sonics a little bit. But Gary Payton. Yeah, one of the greatest defensive teams exactly. of all time. But 
just end it. Like, that was satisfying for me because I never thought he was there anyways. And Jordan would have never teamed up with two of the top ten players in the NBA at the time anyways. He would have wanted to beat him. But Jordan also had a top five NBA player. Yeah, but they drafted him. So it's not his fault. You know, and and nobody wanted Rodman when Rodman came for the Bulls. I'm just saying, like, that should have ended it all. The fact that it still went on, that's just media propaganda stuff. But I was never more satisfied than watching that guy struggle for pretty much jumping on a bandwagon when he's the best player in the NBA and then having Dirk get his. I think I loved it more is because it humbled him and D-Wade. Do you remember after game... I want to say it was game four where the Heat tied it. Yeah, they tied it. To, they tied it to make it two two. Game four, and Dirk was complaining, like not complaining, but he was saying he was going through the flu. And yes. you had the after game video of LeBron and D Wade walking through the tunnel, coughing, acting like they got sick, trying to make fun of Dirk. Right. And then Dirk comes out in his press conference. He's like. Yeah, listen, I'm not here to do childish things. Yeah, I'm sick. I'm going to play through this sickness, whatever. And then Dirk comes out and wins two games in a row. Is Dirk the third best shooter of all time? Because I would give it to Steph and Bird. It's hard to not have Ray Allen there. Okay. And it's also, like, at times... Clay Thompson. Well, yeah, and and it's hard at times even not to have Reggie Miller up there, too. But Dirk is arguably in there. So, like, it, again, it's who you prefer. And then, like, if you want to mix in whatever stats you you hope to mix in, yeah. But, like, Dirk is in that conversation at least. Like, Dirk created a shot. Off, oh, yeah. Like, uh, the, the off-wrong foot fadeaway. Mm-hmm. That is just super hard. Like, people try but he, he had everything he that goes with it. He has yeah. a length, well, the length, the arms. Foot, yeah, yeah, exactly. And like he had the body structure to do it, and so it just made it essentially perfect for him. All right, my number five. I hate it. You hate it. You know what it is. For sure. It's the 2016 Cubs championship. Yeah. It's memorable for me because I guess I've never seen a, a bar full of old guys cry like that. And not only that, like, I guess it's good to break curses or streaks like that. So it is. I mean, I have it. I have it on my list too, but not for the same reasons. It was, it was a great series. It was game seven. I mean, the Indians blew it. Well, mother nature. Rain, yeah. Rain delay. It was insane. Cause of sure. all the momentum was in the Indians favor at that point. I mean, on paper, I think the Cubs did have a better team. Yeah. But like, I also thought, cause at the time it was who's managing the Indians. Frank Kona, right? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I also thought Frank Kona did a bad job of consistently p- playing Tyler Naquin over Raja Davis. That whole series. Because Raja Davis is the one that hit the home run yeah. off Chapman. And the whole series, every time he came to bat, even in pinch hitting situations, he was just hitting the ball hard. Right. And he would just re- repeatedly go, nope, Tyler Naquin. And so, like, yeah, there's whole different reasons of why they, like, why the Cubs won. But, like, it's still on my list of just being in one of the most insane things to happen in this decade. For sure. I mean, it was... Um... I thought the best player on the field was Francisco Lindor. Oh, yeah. On both teams, what I got out of it. And it was um, just, I guess it was just bound to happen eventually, right? Like, I mean, they yeah, were 108 in the playoffs. Years. I think they were in the playoffs the year before the Cubs. They faced some Mets team with, like, a young man, Harvey. Yeah, so it was 2015. 20... So 2014, they made it, got kicked out in uh, NLDS. 2015, they make it, they get kicked out by the Mets to the NLC in the NLCS. Um, Because the Mets Mets also had uh, the the Mets also had fucking what's his name? He's second baseman Daniel Murphy. Oh, everything he every time he went up to bed, he was crushing it that series. He single handedly almost beat them. So like. The Mets were just good. And then you have that pitching on top of it. 
It, sure. it was no surprise. But then 2016. The right oh, yeah. yeah. 2016 to come out, you beat the Dodgers. You make things happen like that. Like, it was bound to happen. And, and that's why they make my list. It was a memorable moment, not just for me, who didn't necessarily say I liked the moment, but it was still a memorable moment. Yeah, I experienced baseball. with Cub fans. It was good. Yeah. Sure. Good for baseball. But hell, we were all at the bar that night. Yeah. Uh, number five for me is the Blackhawks, but it's 2013. 2013 was the year that the Blackhawks beat the Bruins, uh, original six matchup, two goals in 17 seconds. Like, it's, it's you, know, you don't ever see that. No. And the Bruins were loaded. They had Bergeron, Marchand, uh, Tuka Rass was in his prime. Um, Char was in his prime. And um, it was just a lot of guys that were hurt. And that's what I remember. There's a lot of guys with like serious injuries that would not come off the ice no matter what. Dude, it took the Blackhawks up ass woman to even get there. Right. So like it does not like it 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 was such a hard They were younger then. Oh yeah. They were younger then. It was such a hard playoff run. And they had a good mix. Blackhawks had a good mix of young players and veterans. And that's when Corey Crawford came into his own uh before he started falling down the stairs. Drunk. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Concussions when he wasn't on the ice. This before that, before he got his money. And um it was, I thought, for me, personally, it was uh, the height of hockey. Like, there was just so many original six teams. I think the Bruins beat the Rangers to get into um, to get into the Cup. And then having two original six teams, uh, probably the two best, two best sweaters in hockey, the Bruins and Blackhawks, I think so. I like the Red Wings too. I mean, I like that, the, that I love the, I love the Maple the, Leafs. That logo, yeah, yeah. I love the Maple Leafs too, but it was um, it was just the height of hockey for me, which I really couldn't get in because you know, growing up, uh, old man words wouldn't let um, home games on Comcast or the Sports Channel, or yeah. What it was so you got to see every game, and they were just a great team to watch, and it was a good moment for me to. To see and actually know the rules of what was going on. Yeah. And speaking of original six teams, Red Wings were even in that uh, playoffs too. Yeah. I remember, I remember that season. And that's what, yep. That semifinals was. were Kings losing to um, Blackhawks and Pittsburgh losing to Boston. Yeah. That's, okay. that's pretty wild. For sure. So, again, that's a, that's a big one. I, 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 I get that. For the prime. All right, number four. It's going to piss you off just like it still pisses me off. Mariano Romero winning unanimous in the Hall of Fame over Griffey. That's my problem. It's not him getting unanimous. It's over Griffey. Well, I think this changed Baseball Hall of Fame in a bad way. In a weird way. In a bad way. And I was upset. As a huge Ken Griffey fan. I didn't even play the outfield growing up. So, like, you would think I was more of a Jeter fan. No, 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 no. Not when it came to Ken Griffey or Barry Bonds. Loved them both. But Ken Griffey not getting 100% is out of my mind wild. And it's solely because two guys didn't know everybody else's years on the ballot and decided to vote none. Insane to me. Like... Why do you even have a vote if you're going to be that stupid with it? And yet Mariano Rivera gets number one, 100% overall. Fuck you. If he was that great of a pitcher, he would have been a starter. And they would have paid him way more money to be a starter. He just wasn't. I mean, he had a great cutter. No, I mean, either way. You have to have a mentality to close. For sure, you have to have a mentality. But you're not. I get that they pitch more during the week than the starter. But. That guy's not nearly as important as the number seven hitter. He's just not. Mm, that's that's rough. So seven no, hitters I, out there nine innings. Mm, that's that's rough. Well, yeah, because, again, I, I, you either way, I think it changed the Baseball Hall of Fame, and I don't agree with it. I don't think a closer should ever be a first balloter, let alone 100%. Okay, if there were going to be a closer, 
this is an understandable closer to be a first ballot. But if Ken Griffey's not a first ballot, I would personally make well, he it. He was a Ken Griffey. Was I, a I know, but a hundred percent unanimous first ballot. Oh, there's many players that should have been hundred percent. But if Ken Griffey isn't, right? I, yeah, that's fine. But like I'm saying, if if Ken Griffey isn't, I would have made it go out of my way to be like, yeah, I'm gonna say no this time, solely because it's like, no, fuck you. Somebody bit. ruined it for Ken Griffey. No one gets it now. Like until Mike Trout comes, no one fucking gets it. All right. So my number four happened this year, Tiger. That's my, my that's my number three. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, your number three. Yeah, yes. it's my number three. So we'll, let's just get into it. Loved it. There's well, nothing yeah, more I, I could love too. about yeah, it. Yeah, I loved it too. I mean, especially when you, that part three. I think it's sixteen or seventeen. He stuck it close. Place went nuts. I don't know why, but the thing I remember most about it is when he went to the clubhouse and did an interview with Jim Nance, and Jim Nance tried so damn hard to get him to cry. Yeah, and just ruined. Ruined the moment. Everybody knew. Like, I agree. Just, just asking, "Oh, you come back from the bag? You come back from the like?" Just leading up, trying to uh-huh. get him to cry. Like he's Jim Nance is no Roy Firestone. He's not. He's not no. even on the same Jim Nance level, talks man. shit to us on Golden Tee. Right, I don't yeah. want to fucking hear him exactly. trying to make somebody like, cry. He's no Roy Firestone. You ain't gonna get him to cry. Just you know, ask ask golf questions. I agree. I mean, it was so bad. It was in, but it, like for me, it was so insane for me. You never. The, the reason it was saying because watching him have the yips when he came back. Yeah. Watching him constantly go down on his knees when he was in the same. He hits a good, good, good. You think he hits a good ball, and next thing you know, he fall. Yeah, dude. You just said no. You're like no way. Eleven year span of never seeing Tiger. I would get annoyed when I would turn on Golf Channel or regular debate shows. Be like, is Tiger going to catch it? It's like no, because he can't walk. Yeah, it was a problem at one yeah, point. He can't walk. It was really a problem. And it literally went all downhill for Tiger when he got the five iron through his SUV. I mean, it, everything bad happened to him after and that. And that's just, and it was just luck at that point. Right. Like everything, like just shot down, and it hurt. I can tell you right now, it one hurt golf a sure. ton. And people don't want to say it because they're like, oh, we have Roy McIlroy, Dustin no. Jones. No, Tiger fuck moves them. Yeah, Tiger's the only one besides Phil that moves the needle. And Phil doesn't even at times come close. No, he does. No one come to close Tiger. to Tiger. It's insane. And I remember just I don't. I'm pretty sure that Saturday, I was hoping that he was not gonna uh, come out. Because at one point, I think it was like his first three holes, he was struggling. And I was driving back from Chicago, and I'm like, if he fucking quits on me, I'm going to be pissed. And next thing you know, it's just, every time I check my phone, oh, Tiger birdies. Oh, every time I check my phone, I'm like, ooh. Hey, you're rooting for him. Nobody wants to see Tiger in red and a Masters on the line, and he he can actually hit. And he took down, what I think Kapka was in second, yeah. who was the hottest golfer. Talk about an FU attitude. Yeah. And, I mean, and Dustin Johnson was right up. There yeah. was a great leaderboard. And Tyre went, went out, smelled a little bit of blood, yeah. and did his thing. And I was never more excited in my life to see that. Oh, dude. That's why it's my number three. It was just so insane for me. I can't help it. All right. Well, my number three, I never thought, I bet you didn't think I'd say this. The Manti Teo hoax. <laughs> no, I I, I would have never got. Yeah, dude. 2012 it happened. This is when he was up for the Heisman. Yep. Came back for his senior year. Talk about he had a girlfriend. I mean, I just, uh, I remember getting into my car, turned on uh, the score, and I couldn't turn it off. It was hilarious. I feel it was hilarious, but it was so So strange too. Perplexed. I was just like, how does a dude that probably gets like any woman he wants, the most recognizable athlete on that going to one of Notre Dame, going to one of yeah, the most insane campus when it comes to football. Besides, this this isn't Alabama, LSU, Miami, Notre Dame is all football. Yeah, and this guy's getting. And it kept on going, too. Like, he kept denying it, denying it. And then, I don't know if you remember Marcus Tuyasasopo. 
He used to be a quarterback for Washington, played a little bit for the Raiders. Sounds familiar. But like his cousin was the one saying that he fell in love with Manti Teo as he's imitating supposedly his cousin on like a voice recorder talking like a girl. That's so fucking wild. It was the wildest thing I ever heard, man. Dude, and there's no pic like my thing is this, like, you talk about your girlfriend back home, there's no pictures but, of you. But, yo, especially when you go to a campus like that, it's like, yo, I ain't got no girlfriend. But, but at the time, like, Chris Fowler and Kirk Kerbstreet are talking about, oh, man, it's just amazing how he has the, you know, the audacity to sit here after his girlfriend that he loves dies. Like, they're talking about this in a game, like, yeah. versus USC. And they're, I think he rolled with it. Because I think it thought he thought it helped his his case for the Heisman. Heisman. It I gave knew, you a story. I, really, I think he knew what the hell was going on. Yeah, it gave you a story. Yeah, for sure. And it did not leave him until people thought he wasn't in the league. Because you don't hear it, about him. You don't hear about Man Titan. No, dude. but he's only he, twenty eight years old, and man. he's he's on one of the best defenses in the league. But no one hears about him is because I think the Saints did an insanely good job. Oh, the like, Chargers. No, 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 because people still talked about him when he was on the Chargers because he had that whole first, like, first, like, six games, seven games where he wasn't playing. And people were like, Megan Joseph, of course, like, oh, yeah, like, he's probably, like, with another invisible girlfriend and shit like that. It was wild. It was, well, yeah, it was. Super but when, wild. when the Chargers decided not to keep him, the Saints were like, oh, we know your talent, oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm but not we're not going to say a goddamn thing. But man, like, I guess I was just more amazed, like, dude, this dude's trying to win the Heisman based upon his girlfriend dying that he knew didn't exist. Like, how do you not know that she didn't exist? Like, you have to have girls throwing, being thrown at you at Notre Dame. You oh, have yeah. to. Oh, yeah. And then, what was her name? Kikawa? Dude, I don't even want to fucking think about it. It's wild. I don't know. But supposedly, remember they started going on Dr. Phil? This yeah. Thing? He went on, like, uh, some show with Jeremy Shab, and he's denying it. And it's just like, dude, you're not believable. No. There's no way. Never were. Like, I get that people get hopes, but for that long and then put it into the media and roll with it. Especially that that, as, as that bunch of a big-time player, yeah. that's insane to me. It was wild. That was and, one of the most wild things I've ever gotten out of work and listened to. Dude, like, is that, is that, is, that is mad wild. Okay. Number two for me. You're skipping number three because oh same, yeah, because yeah, my number three was Tiger. So number two for me because we did your three right. Yep. So number two for me is this beautiful thing, socially or not social, the rise of the black quarterbacks again. Okay. It is beautiful. Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson. Hell, you can even throw in Jameis Winston, who's probably going to throw for the most yards and most TDs by the end of the year. And most interceptions, 100%. It's beautiful right now. We we all three lead MVP votes between uh, Lamar, um, Watson, and Wilson. It's lovely. I I personally enjoy it because – it makes the game more fun with what they can do with athleticism. Only person I've ever seen that keeps up with athleticism with these guys is Josh Allen. There's no other white quarterback I've seen keep up with them in the past five, ten years. Not, that, not Mitchell Trubisky? Trubisky doesn't come close. He's pretty athletic. He is, but he doesn't come close to what these guys put on. compared Because like Trubisky has the running ability. But he's not as fast, right? Trubisky has the throwing ability, but he can't do what Mahomes is doing. It's it, it just like he's under. But like it, Josh it, Allen runs for runs for hundred yards of games that time, can throw eighty yards in the air with ease. He's the only one that keeps up. But other than that, like Lamar has a bomb of an arm. Wasn't Cordell Stewart doing this stuff before that? I mean, I I know he's not as but fast, he's not but a quarterback. Lamar, like, like just separate. Well, yeah, Cordell Stewart. Okay, no, but Cordell Stewart didn't quarterback anytime this decade i i get that but i mean he was doing that stuff in like 2005 2006 but he wasn't doing it at a high level like oh, like lamar is pretty damn he's good. not doing it at a high level like Mahomes was he's not doing it definitely not however as in sean well, watson yeah, cordell stewart was getting hit though yeah very true but at the same time 
Deshaun Watson gets hit. Deshaun Watson also, rookie year came out three games in and didn't even play the whole season and put up 27 touchdowns. I mean, I don't mind. Okay, I don't mind it. But, I mean, when's it going to be the point of where it stops the rise of the black quarterback? See, and and I I think this this is what's going to stop it, and this is what I love, is because now – Every quarterback used to be, oh, he can't throw. He can only run. For sure. And, and it used to always come with that mentality. Well, Frazier was that guy. I know. But it used to always come with that mentality. Even what, whether you were Dante Culpepper, whether you were Donovan McNabb. threw better than he could run. Oh, yeah. And I think they did, too. But it always came with the, oh, he's a running quarterback. He's not fit for what we like. And I think this generation of quarterbacks are changing completely that narrative because they do both and they do well. So – you got because Mahomes. that's because the game has changed. True, but at the same time, so you have a black quarterback, Mahomes, throws for 50 touchdown passes. You can't tell me it's his legs. You have Deshaun Watson, who comes out, plays nine games, throws 27 touchdown passes in the AFC, and then gets hurt. But like you can't tell me that's because of his legs. You have Lamar Jackson, who's insane this year, who's won, I think he's two touchdowns behind Josh Allen and quarterback touchdown runs, but also leads the league in touchdown passes. After breaking Vic's record, I think now you can't always give me that, oh, it's only his legs or the black QB is not smart enough bullshit. I think now this submits, like it it pretty much puts it into a perspective of you have to treat these quarterbacks like every other quarterback. And I think now it it dismisses every claim of, well, like, oh, that. it's the rise of the black quarterback. Because now it's like, nope, we have a set. They're all here. They all play yeah. well. I think then, it should be to the point, okay, football's changed. Whatever was, you know, being said about black quarterbacks, like, enough's enough. I agree. And and so this is why I'm so hyped for it because I think this decade cemented that well. When, sure. even, even, like, with Vince Young a few years ago, Vince Young was Vince Young had off the field issues. A hundred percent. And I agree. But at the same time, Vince Young was more of a thrower than a pass. I mean than a runner. I agree. And he was a very smooth runner. Though. Exactly. But he definitely showed that he gets down when it comes to passing. And now you just have all these guys skyrocketing. And I would love for that narrative well, about I mean, black I, quarterbacks I, to go away. And I think this this year submits that. I actually think Completely. the narrative of the black quarterback went away when Cam Newton got drafted number one by Carolina. The reason being is because if you ever watch, remember the Gruden quarterback things he had? Quarterback camp, game? yeah. And he's like, hey, man. You know what I mean? Hey, man. Hey, man. Yeah. Put him on the chalkboard. Yep. You're like, hey, show me a play you ran at Auburn. And be like, hey, we, we call this four. And then Cam Newton would be like, we call this seven. And he'd be like, Two routes. Yeah. Right? So I'm watching this, and I'm like, man, there ain't no way anybody's going to draft this guy because there's more than two routes. You, got, you have to call a lot they're of plays. Novels. First of all, they're novels in the huddle calling in play. And this guy's calling number four. I you used to call mean? novels in the huddle. So I, 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 well, I never had that opportunity. I'm, thinking, I'm like, this, this dude at the time, you know me. Yeah. I thought he was – the most talented guy I've seen. And so have I. Size, yeah. arm, probably the best goal line person. Even decision-making. At the time, he was the best goal line back. Yeah. Throw the farthest, throw the hardest, and he's just a beast. I'm like, nobody's going to accept that. I don't think it's necessarily the black quarterback. I think it's going to schools like Florida or going to schools like um, uh, uh, Auburn, and Oregon, like Chip but, Kelly, UCLA. But you got to go somewhere where they're going to let you play, like, right? You can't just call one number and expect that to translate yeah. over. Like Texas Tech, I get why Patrick Mahomes fell. Because I watched Patrick Mahomes, I'm like, dude, this guy's got a silly arm. He can run well, super yeah. talented. He was very good at baseball, but I'm just like, yeah, I think that most players could throw for 300 yards in this offense because – it's five wide, nobody yeah. in the backfield. Get the ball out of your hand yep. on screens. I don't think it's the black quarterback. I just think it's the silly, simplified, get people in space where it's hard to judge. True. But then you it's can hard also to judge talent. Then, but then you can also go, even the year of 
Trubisky. Trubisky plays 16 games total. That was a spread offense. Yeah, but again. That dude came from Southern Miss. Huge spread offense. But again, you get 16 games total college experience. Because you didn't start. You didn't do anything. And you get drafted higher than other black quarterbacks because of whatever narrative they they made about these quarterbacks. Oh sure, there's not, I'm not, not denying there's a so narrative. so so that's my problem. I'm and just it, saying a lot of these black quarterbacks are getting and then there even think about Clemson. Clemson is a very high powered, sophisticated offense. It is now because they have like possibly the best prospects since Peyton Manning. But but at the same time, when they had Deshaun Watson, well, sorry, when they had Taj Boyd there. They were still running a complicated offense, and then they moved too far. No, I wish he did, but like Deshaun Watson input Deshaun Watson, it's the same situation. How does Trubisky go over Deshaun Watson in any way, shape, form, or fashion? Oh, I don't know. After even Deshaun Watson, I didn't really care for any of them. Yeah, no, but like even Deshaun Watson going and beating Alabama, which Alabama had weeks to prepare for, right? And you give Nick Saban even two weeks to prepare for you, you're a goner. But I, I just like even that. Okay, so we'll get back to where we're. I like that. I think this quarterback, like these quarterbacks now in the league, are going to dismiss that narrative, and it's going to be better. Right. It makes me happy. Okay. Uh, my number two is Pants Falcon Super Bowl, twenty-three. I was in Vegas, Cosmopolitan. <laughs> I had the Patriots money line for five hundred. And that's all it was. Well, no, I had five hundred dollars on the pants money line to win like three. Oh, I thought you said the money line like was five hundred. I was like, no, no, oh, money okay. line was like minus like one thirty or something like that. Okay. so I bet like five hundred with like three sixty. Yeah, whatever. there's a few other people. And the smartest man in the room was there. Lone Wolf was there. <laughs> a lot of other people. Most of us did have the Patriots money line. A lot of people had the under. And uh, I remember halftime getting made fun of, like, look at this loser over here. And I went over the slots, tried to win the money back. I'm outside. Not you can never money. win your money Not back on the slots. money back on the, the draw poker. And I'm just losing and losing. I'm getting called out. And I'll just never forget, man, when Edelman made that catch. Like, I wasn't even paying attention. That's one of the most insane catches. Crazy spread in front of us. And I remember that catch. And I was just like, man, no one's really talking anything to me right now. And I'm feeling pretty good about myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, because I was going to go home. I'm like, all right, lost a draw poker, lost 500 here. I'm looking at close to a grand. My night's over. This yeah. sucks. And I flew in Sunday afternoon, and I was leaving Tuesday. So, anyways, everybody salty. off with the knockoff. Uh, Tommy Bahamas shirt. He got real quiet. <laughs> and the reason that I'm, I'm talking about the story is because even though he lost, lost the under, smartest man in the room lost the under, I got to collect the night that I took a picture of the Big Hurt. Oh, that is that night? It was that night. So I made a miracle bet. The one, I don't really root for the page, but I was then. Had a miracle and, and fucking and meeting with Frank Thomas. The Big Hurt. Pulled up a table next to us, sharing drinks with them, and that's my childhood hero. Him, him, Michael Jordan, Evan Smith, and I got to be one of the three. So it was just an outstanding night, and I'll never forget it. Yeah. So that's that's number two. Also, screw the smartest man in the room for getting me mad trashed on a a fucking Monday night. I was was way too full. Mm All right. Number two for me. Is a butte. It may not be for you, but it definitely is for me. No, you're at number one. Oh shit, am I on number one? Yeah. All right, even better. Number one for me. Kobe Bryant. <coughs> Kobe Bryant. Game seven against the Celtics gets ring number five. Okay, why is that important? That's huge for me. Why? Because so he struggled big time. Still came out with a win. That's yeah. what matters because he came out with an in- insane time. fourth quarter. And o- he, insane fourth quarter. And you got to think the game ended like 89-73 or some weird shit like that. It was, an, it was a struggle all around. But it was a game seven. It was physical. Kobe gets his fifth ring. Why is that important? 
Wait. LeBron James is number three, number four, number five all the time. I don't care. But when it comes to it, I thought this helps cement Kobe as if – so my generation, a lot of people don't mind saying Kobe's number one. But this also cementifies no matter where you go that Kobe is number two. Jordan can be one. That's fine. Kobe needed to go out by himself, win two championships, and that gave him his number two. And I love it because Kobe, I looked up at Kobe growing up, and that's one of my childhood heroes, and I loved watching him play. And I thought he needs to solidify himself in history after Shaq leaving, and and then you had those few bad seasons, and then he comes out and went and just plays insane by himself. And, yeah, he had Paul Gasol. Had a little help from Ron Artest on defense, but came out and just worked it. Two championships. He gets his fifth. That solidifies second. I mean, the only thing and I, I was happy for is that he beat the Boston Celtics. You know, three Hall of Famers on there. Lakers number one rival, but he did not play that good that in Game series. Seven. He didn't play that good. That overall. series is insane. I mean, what did, what did he score? Fourteen points at Game Seven. I mean, he, that's. That goes back to my 2011 thing about LeBron. Like, Jordan ain't putting up numbers like that, dude. He's just not. No, he's not putting up numbers like that. Not in clinching series, not in clinching games. He's stealing the ball from alone, and he's going down. He's like, hey, this is my shot, and he's hitting the shot over Brian Russell. Hold on. I'm going, I'm going to the official stats because uh, we're we, we not going to do Kobe like that. All right, so I'm pulling up the stats now, and these stats are definitely different from what you're telling me. Because Kobe played, I think Kobe averaged like 28 points a game. Here, I'm, I'm going to it right now. It's, it's going to load. We, we got this because there's no way he averaged 14 in game seven. Okay. Do you really have him? Is that really what you think he averaged? Well, no, I'm just saying he struggled game seven. You say, okay, just struggle game seven. All right, here we go. So Kobe won finals MVP averaging 28.6. Eight rebounds, sorry, eight assists, sorry, eight, eight rebounds, 3.9 assists. Kobe game one had 30. Um, game seven, Kobe at 23, and they won 83-79 game seven. Kobe had 26 in game six, Kobe at 38 in game five, okay. 33 in game four, 29 in game three, and then game two, I think is the game he might have struggled, but Kobe put up numbers. Here, let's see. So game, what did he score in game seven? 23. 23. Um, what, was, what was his uh, stat line? Like nine for 36? I don't know. Here, we'll, we'll check it. Because game two is what I was looking at. Because Rondo somehow put up 32 points. But you got Kobe put up 21 points in game two. So game, game seven, Kobe's stat line which is an appreciative stat line because, you know, he came out with a W. Kobe went... Six for 20. Not the greatest shooting night for him. But got 15... uh, Made 11 out of 15 free throws. Um, Had 11 rebounds. Sorry, sorry. Nope, I lied. 15 rebounds. Because I was looking at the only defensive. So 15 total rebounds, two assists, one steal, 23 points. 23-15, game seven. After carrying a team, you got to give him some credit. Yeah. I had my boy Shannon Brown on it as his backup. Vice I love me some oh, Shannon. Yeah. And I love me some Sterling. But I've been looking at your skinny. But come on. What are you? 15 there in that picture? Yeah. Let's stare at a picture of Miles in the background. It's got to be 15. Or it was 15 years ago. Oh, there he is. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Mad young in that picture. For sure. But. Mad skinny in that picture, too. We also got to give credit. Kobe put up numbers. 23-15, that's not a bad game. Especially because he led the entire game in scoring. And the only person to come close is Meta World Peace, a.k.a. Ron Artest, who had 20 points. The real struggle is actually Boston, who struggled a lot because Paul Pierce did not outplay him. Paul Pierce had 18. Ray Allen had 13. Kevin Hart had 17. Sounds like a them problem, not a not a Kobe problem. All right, I'm moving on. All right. You know, you got five, it's not six. What's your number one? Cubs World Series. Not because of the reasons that. Oh my God! They broke 108 years. Who cares? It's pathetic. Yeah, right? I 100% I mean, agree. It was literally the reason. I want to stop hearing about are oh, the Cubs going to break 106? Maybe Cubs next year. Seven. Cubs have a 108. It's like, man, can we shut up? 2005. I'll, I'll be honest with you. 2003 when they left Pryor in and the ball went through. Yeah. I, was in I was super excited. Because I knew those jackasses were going to blame a fan. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Not to the fan. And they did. They had a shortstop literally in the game for defensive reasons. Yeah. Only because he sucked at hitting. Yeah. They were going to blame some nerdy fan that had to move to Florida. And it was going to be okay with everybody. Oh, yeah. Main reason why a lot of people don't like Cub fans. 100%. They turned into they complete wanna, they assholes. They blame for the somebody. most part. Yeah. yeah. Or they want to blame the Tribune. Oh, wait till we get a independent guy in or not a company. What, whatever. Yeah. I just hey, we won in Sox won in two thousand five. I don't have to hear it anymore. We won it before you in two thousand six. Not two thousand six. I thought the Sox in two thousand seven. I just wanted it to end. Literally, just end, yeah. please. I don't. I, I don't want to hear it anymore. I don't want to hear. It. I don't hear the victim anymore. Because that, that, by 2007, 2008, it was the, the hundred year curse right, yeah. at that point. It was like, I know just you're shut the up. victim. Boston already won. The Sox were the second longest. They already won. White Sox were the second longest. They already won. Get it over with. Somebody yeah. just win it. So I don't have to hear it anymore. You don't really hear it anymore. <laughs> no. You know what you heard after that? You kind of expect the Cubs to win. You heard Dynasty. Yeah, you kind of expect the Cubs to win. It did not turn into a dynasty. And rightfully so. I'm okay with it. Yeah. They did a great job of building up prospects, put a good manager in place. You got that one year in, got and a they're good. Good GM, good president. Okay. They got a good owner, fixed the ballpark up. It's not a complete trash hole like it used to be. Yeah. And now it's just trash. I don't care. Yeah. As long as the White Sox wanted before them, I did not get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? I but get it. The whole victimhood for like nine, ten years. Enough of it. Yeah. I mean, I I did not want to see the Indians win because I just did not want to see grown men cry over losing. And they were, especially at game seven. That bar would have been so well, I mean, sad. It was just like I just wanted to add. Just, let's just go on with go on with life. That enough bar would have been so sad. Right, enough of the black cat. Enough of the Billy Goat that probably wasn't even there. Yeah, but seriously. All right, who got for honorable mentions? Honorable mentions. I probably have the Federal Nadal uh, match in Wimbledon, which was a phenomenal, insane. Match. It was like yeah, four it was hours match. Um. The 2012 Ryder Cup in Medina when the U.S. blew it in, yeah. the, in the singles match. And then, I don't know, probably the 2016 Cavs upsetting the Warriors. Yep. Um, even though Draymond Green doesn't get suspended, that's just a whole other thing. But it happened. 73-win yeah. team. It was part of history. Yep. All right. So, my honorable mentions. I got one. USA World Cup actually putting up a fight in 2012, even against one of the the toughest stages you could have been in with Germany, um, Germany, Portugal with Ronaldo, and Germany even went on to win it. 
and them putting up a fight and even winning games. It was an exciting World Cup. Loved it. Um, you also – sorry, that was 2014 World Cup. I bet. Um, you had <laughs> – I have also um, Kobe's last game. Oh, yeah, that's, that it was the same night that the Warriors won 73. Yeah. That he scored. And Kobe outshined all of that, and I right. loved every second of it. And it was one of the – like, we were glued to that game. It was me, Skinner, Trestle. Yeah, like, I all was of us, in Des Moines then. Yeah, we were sure. glued to that game, watching every second of it. And then lastly, I have KD to the Warriors. KD to the Warriors was that up on for sure, yeah. That was huge for, sure. for another bandwagon jumper, but I get why he did it. I'm a big KD fan. He's an intellectual guy. He doesn't back away from anything. So just trying to make smart moves. All right, man. I don't know. Good year. Yeah, good year. Good 2019. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Doors grimy and smooth. I'd save you twenty dollars. Yeah, I'd rather drink these refrescos. Yeah.